this is the Singer's Tension Podcast, the podcast by singers, about singing, for singers. This is one of two-part series with River Garden. Welcome to the Singer's Tension Podcast. My name is Jordana Erickson, and I'm here today with River Guard, a operatic tenor, a composer, multi-instrumentalist, and actor. I first met River through Opera Nuova, a young artist program in Edmonton for opera singers, and was highly impressed by his versatility as a singer and an actor. I remember always being on the edge of my seat, completely engaged with his performance, whether it was musical theater or opera, and even at times being moved to tears. For this reason, I knew that I wanted to have River on the podcast to talk about acting as a singer and the artist's emotional connection to music. So welcome, River, to the podcast. You have what seems to be the gifted ability to connect emotionally with your character and to translate that to the audience in a genuine, authentic way that truly moves people. What is your background with acting? Have you always found it easy to develop a realistic, motivated character? I find that for me, you know, I was really lucky to have a lot of um, support from my family and from my parents when I was young. I had a, I had a lot of support from my grandparents and from my extended family, uh, who also works in the the they all work in the theatrical uh, kind of idiom, uh, whether as actors or um, as technicians. Uh, so I, I kind of grew up in a family and a universe that really respected the craft uh, of just kind of communicating as humans in front of other people. So I, I, I just always kind of knew that it was something that I really, really wanted to do with my life. I love getting up in front of people and, and making a complete fool of myself and just being a clown and, and just kind of trying to dig within myself to find any sort of sensitivity and ability to show that sensitivity in front of other people, which is, I think, for a lot of us, the hardest part of, of the craft of acting. Uh, but it was it's always felt like something that uh, I could just kind of wake up in the morning and if uh, if I just allowed myself to be myself, it, uh, it would come out more or less... Um, the way that I wanted it to, which, which is, which can sound like something that, um, you know, makes me, makes me sound like it's just something that happens and I don't think about it, which is of course not true. But for me, I really believe that the basis of my technique and my, um, my inspiration is acting is really just allowing myself to be the human that I am. Did you ever have moments or at the beginning of your journey of acting and performing where you felt self-conscious about being vulnerable? Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! I mean, and and the thing is that I, I I feel that way every time I do anything. Like even you know for what I just said, like where it feels relatively easy for me to to slip into the skin of um, of just being open and vulnerable in front of people. It still is incredibly daunting to just get your feet to step out in front of in front of the audience and and um, get yourself from being the person who's about to perform to being the person who is performing um, and I guess it, it changes for everyone's levels of anxiety and and um, stage fright but for me I've I've always been intensely fearful uh, just because I think you know like any artist we start holding ourselves to an internal standard uh, that that is is almost disconnected from 
from the audience members or from our colleagues or for what we're worried about what other people say i find that my I, i've always been more fearful of my own internal critic than um you know the real critic the, the people who are who are writing things about me because at the end of the day i'm the one who has to go to sleep with myself and i have to I have to be content with with what I did, with with the work I did, and um, how I allowed myself to be, and and so I do I do get quite fearful. You know, I, I'm I'm nervous even now, just having into being interviewed on a podcast. Uh, but there's always just the the thing that 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 keeps us going through that fear, and the reason that uh, why I picked up the phone in the first place, the reason I stepped on on stage in the first place, is that I uh, I have something that I I have something to say. And um, I just love communicating. I love talking to people. So do you feel like one of the most important parts of acting is to be highly self-reflective all the time and analytical about the personal choices that you make so that you can dissect them and apply that to a character saying, okay, this is how I behave as a human. So therefore, this human maybe would make the same choice or different choice based off who you are. Yeah, no, for for sure. I mean, and I remember too... uh, because we met doing uh, Eugene Onyegin at Opera Nova in, in, in Edmonton. And, and I remember, too, uh, when you were seeing Tatiana and how you would always be um, so engrossed in, in your notebook uh, that where you had written so much of, of what you felt that Tatiana's inner uh, kind of neuroses was, like what, what, how her, her mind was, was dealing with the issues that, that went on in the opera and then in the events that I, I feel like you, you built and... and um, and took from the, the Pushkin novel outside, which was which is something I think that um, you know it, it, it's an exercise in self reflectivity. I think that for me, I've always really pushed myself to be as self aware as I can in terms of my own habits, my own neuroses, um, the the things that that make me make choices every day. The reason why I, I get up a certain way in the morning, or, or I, I respond a certain way to a certain kind of comment or tone. I feel that as an actor, you know, like so much of it can be quite instinctive. But um, if you don't kind of take your hands off the wheel when you're doing it, then you can kind of get stuck in in the the, the too analytical, the the too reflective in the moment. And it's the same thing with singing. If, if you're listening to yourself while you're singing, you're kind of messing up the next sound that's about to come out. I find that you know being reflective as a person it's funny because the the, the right after we finish our, our, our interview here i actually have my my uh, therapy session my online therapy session which is just um which is just uh my reminder for once every week to just check in with myself and have a conversation with someone who who knows me and um and seeing like how the thoughts are moving around in my mind and just you know real really trying to stay aware of why the mess of bones and skin and brain that I am is doing the things that it, it does every single time that anything happens. I, I really feel that it's important for an actor to be aware of what we do. So then when a character needs to do something else, when a character doesn't really adhere to how we are naturally, then we can kind of step out of that box and we can, we can see where we, we intersect uh, with the character, what, what things we have in common with the character and what things we don't. And then you can find the commonality and you can find more ways in like than than not that you actually do relate to the character. And in that way then the character becomes more yourself, as opposed to the actor thinking, Oh, um, he or her is doing this, as opposed to I, I feel at least the way I think about it, 
uh, like I am doing this. My my Nemorino is doing this. My you know George is doing this. Like it, 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 I find that so much of it because we are just simply allowing ourselves to experience the the narrative of whether the opera, the music, the music theater, or even just like the song that you're playing. We're just allowing ourselves as ourselves, like the complete person you are in that moment that you step out on the stage. We are just allowing that version of yourself to go through the narrative that the librettist and the composer has set down on the page. So being self-reflective, I feel like, is so important because then you're you're able to know what you do normally that doesn't line up with the character, uh, and you're also able to just really find a sense of freedom within the boundaries of what the character needs to be doing. Yeah, I remember working with this really brilliant acting teacher, Kelly Hendrick, who was one of the last people to be able to study with Uta Hagen in person in New York. And so in this mm-hmm. class in university, we were basically working through her book with his guidance. And one of the exercises is to recreate a scene from your everyday life and and live it in front of everyone. So some people recreated a scene where they were at home cooking soup for themselves. And I remember mine was getting home after a really long night of waitressing and like counting my money. And the mm-hmm. point was to recreate that evening with all your intentions and feelings and transferences so that you could just get used to being yourself authentically and understanding your own motivations. And then the idea is later when you take a different character that's not yourself, you approach it the same way where this is just a normal person making mm-hmm. choices and it's not so far-fetched. It's just, it's not you anymore, but it's an extension of you making different choices than you would in your everyday life. It's so hard to do though, right? That that exercise, just doing something that you do naturally, what, but, but all of a sudden being observed. I find that so incredibly difficult. It is difficult. And then you wonder, why do I talk to myself so much at home? You know, you don't just talk to yourself for no reason. I remember that was a conversation in the class once where it was like, why did you talk to yourself in that moment? And I was like, I don't know. I was really excited about the money I was making. No, for sure. For sure. So what is the best acting advice you feel that you've ever received? It doesn't even have to be from a person. Perhaps you read it, but it really resonated with you. You know, a lot of a lot of the the advice you get. You know, there's so many there's so many ways to to approach this really, really seemingly simple thing that we do as 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 communicators, as actors. But there's so many ways, just like singing, to look at it. And I found that weirdly enough, my favorite advice um, that has helped me the most has been something that I, that just kind of popped into my brain when I needed it before a performance, actually. Uh, that just is something that that always just reminds me that I actually do know how to do this thing inherently. We get so caught up in the kind of institutionalized in the a- academic world, especially if you're someone who has gone to um, an undergraduate or a master's program in either theater or or a voice or music or or in any sort of thing where you go and and you learn from people who know what they're doing. We get so caught up in the idea that I that we tell ourselves we don't actually know that. To how to do this thing that we went to school for because obviously we, we've gone there to learn how to do it better but then I think a lot of people and including myself we make the mistake to just kind of drop it all at the door and forget that inherently you know we know how to make music we know how to um, we know how to sing a tune we know how to say some words in front of people off of a piece of paper my favorite 
um, thing that I, I just kind of tell myself whenever I have to read something, whether it's for like voice work or, or, or monologue or, or any sort of thing, is just trust your instincts, uh, which is so simple. And it, it can be done to a kind of a fault where it doesn't make sense anymore and it may not help, but because acting is a craft in, and a technique in the way that vo vocal vocalism is. But I think that so much, at least for me, that has helped me is just allowing myself to just be, again, like what I said, be like the creature that I am in the moment in front of people. Because you can do so much prep work as a, as a worker, as an actor, in, in terms of learning your, your universe and making sure that you know the details and making sure that you know what every single word means, especially if you're doing Shakespeare or any sort of classics where the, the dialogue and, and, and everything that you're saying is sort of covered in poetic lyricism, you know, like I find even then it's really just important to sit within yourself and allow for an animalistic instinct to just guide the sentence you're saying. So for me, it really helps myself to just, before I start, just internally repeat to myself, trust your instincts. Remember that you know how to do this. Like you're just, you're just talking, you, you know, like I think we think so, so much, especially with Shakespeare, you get caught up in this idea that it's this big grand thing where we have to have English accents and we have to be so poised and we have to put it in an opera is, is totally at fault for this as well. Um, that we have to be something larger than life, which is so silly because opera and theater is just a reflection of life. It's just, a mirror or a, or a pane of glass that we look at life through. And I, as actors, we I think our job really is just to, to synthesize our own experience, the human experience, as authentically as we can. So I think every single human being, I say the same thing about making music as well and singing, every single human being knows how to do that inherently from, from when they're born. All we have to do really is just allow that channel to be open and to communicate as um, as like the 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 instinctive actor that we already are. Yeah, and that is a massive hurdle for most young actors or people that are starting to take acting seriously is accepting. Okay, I don't know everything. That's why I'm I'm learning or I'm new to this. But that mm -hmm. your your instincts are not teachable. I can teach you how to do transference, how to do verbing, etc. These are the mm -hmm. techniques. But no one can replicate an actor's instincts. Yeah, for sure. There's been so many different um, different ways that people have expressed themselves in, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of performing. Whether it's in opera, you know, like I have a few favorite opera singers. Like obviously, you could talk about um, Callas uh, in terms of and like uh, who I've been learning a lot of, a lot about recently because my girlfriend is is really really a huge fan of her. Uh, and I'd never really taken the time to listen and, and to watch her perform. But watching someone in the operatic idiom really communicate the way that I, I wanted to be able to communicate for a long time. And I didn't, and I assumed a lot of people in opera weren't communicating because, um, you know, so much of, of our, our work, especially in, in the school system, is just so based on the perfection of the vocal function, you know. And so for a long time, I was convinced that no one would really actually cared about um, cared about communicating with their full body, with with the idea of of a character in mind, with the idea of making it real, the idea that the character is just a real human being living through something who also happens to be singing. So now, watching videos of Callas in, in in the '60s and and in the '50s singing and it definitely has reinvigorated my hope for for what the operatic 
um, art form can be in terms of it being a singing acting art form because she's just so instinctive the, the, the technique is there obviously it's not like a perfect voice but what is a perfect voice there is there is no perfect voice there is no perfect acting technique like the thing that we do is inherently subjective there's no objective real like cream of the crop i believe i think there's just the things that connect with us and the things that don't the things that that the mark lands and and in the things that don't and that is for me i mean there, there have been so many um wonderful uh you know inspiration fueled people that that i've really fell in love with and and loved watching perform but you know i, I find that really trying your best to look at you know the colleagues in your class looking at the people that you're seeing like in person not always like the people that you're watching on youtube um really looking at the people and seeing what they do really well you know i look at my friends my close friends and all the people that i sing with and i'm always just in awe of of something or other that they do that i just haven't quite mastered yet and that's always ex super exciting and inspiring to me because then it's just it's so wonderful for one to see your friends doing well I, I get so much inspiration from just like cheering my friends on because I think everyone is just so talented, you know, and everyone, everyone can do something that, that you can't. And I think that should be celebrated. Yeah, I totally agree. There is this innate pressure in musical theater and in opera that you need to be the best and you need to be the best now. And everyone around you is your competition. And, mm -hmm. and we don't ask our colleagues questions. And I really hated that. So I made a point of asking know someone who was singing a bigger role than me at a program how do you approach high notes just to like hear what they mm -hmm. would say or mm -hmm. um how do you think about this this scene like what are you thinking of acting wise etc and just to break that inner dialogue of i can't ask them a question and as you said support one another and learn from one another everybody is on a journey when we're preparing the voice you can put years and so much time so much money into making your instrument able if it's musical theater to sing show after show after show mm -hmm, and if mm -hmm. it's opera to project across a massive hall and then it comes back to this thing about instincts you know if your teachers are telling you you are singing really well and you feel strong in your body like it's coming out of you the way you want it doesn't hurt then you have to look at your voice as a tool now it's just a tool to tell the story and when you're on stage and you're making those choices, you have to forget about making a perfect sound. There will mm -hmm. always be moments where you check in like, okay, I know this hard part's coming up. So you have a thought that prepares you for it, but then you let it go and you continue to just be alive as the character. And that mm -hmm. kind of liberation often singers don't get to because they're so stuck in this, everything has to sound perfect that mm -hmm. they don't relinquish control. And I, I think that comes back to there being such an imbalance of emphasis on the voice over acting in a lot of university programs so that someone gets in a situation where they haven't had just straight stage acting experience. And so they haven't been introduced to different acting techniques. Mm -hmm. Have you experienced this kind of imbalance in your own university programs? Oh, for sure. Um, and, and again, I think I said too, just, you know, like coming from... Um, being a young person and mostly focusing on on my own comp uh, composition of music, playing in a rock band in high school and doing acting and straight theater and music theater, that was really my musical education up until I was 17 or 18. Um, 
and then all of a sudden being um, being immersed in in a world of, of of classical music at a very introductory level uh, and, and be surrounded by uh, all my other friends and my classmates all who you know getting caught up in the idea just because it's an academic kind of system and it's the way that we view um, kind of onboarding this this uh, skill we get so caught up in the idea that that like exactly as you said that the perfection of the voice is is the end game and it's all that we should care about it's all that we should worry about and then when we get up on stage we are completely uh at least what i what i've observed we're completely in the technical side of the brain in in that analytical place where you're making you're consciously making those choices and and you are deciding every fork in the road um as they're happening, kind of as opposed to, and, and, and I think this might be a bit of a generalization and it might not adhere to everyone's um, experience of what performing is, but for me, um, there's, I think some people can definitely connect to it. There's a moment when you perform something, when you kind of, the moment when you let go and then you kind of, you do it and then it's over and then you step back from it and you don't even remember that it happened. Like I, I find that that's a very very hard thing to do especially because when we're in the university setup we're so downloaded with information we're so bombarded with with contrasting opinions and our own internal opinions start being quieted i think because and and not not necessarily because anybody is inherently telling us that not like no one is straight out being like don't trust your instincts but we are so flooded with with so many different ideas and cooks in the kitchen that all of a sudden we forget that our inherent knowledge uh, as human beings and as musicians is, uh, is we, we forget that that's the most important thing and it becomes sec secondary. And so when we go out on stage, at least for me, for a long time, I have so many performances I can think of where I was just, you know, gripped by terror and I wasn't having fun. Like that's the thing is that this business, even though it can be terrible and there's so many awful parts about it, I think a lot of us get into it because it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to get up and pretend you're something else. It's a lot of fun to, to play through a narrative like children do and, and to do it while making music. And so I think a lot of people in, in the university kind of realm, you know, especially when you're stuck in the, the lower years and you're not um, you're not performing in shows a whole lot per se. You know, it depends on the university you went to and how many roles uh, and opportunities you got. But we get so caught up in, in the idea of what's my teacher going to think? What's my coach going to think? You know, this person told me to do this here. So I, if I don't do it here, then then that person's going to come talk to me after the show and I'm going to feel some type of way about myself. You know, I think that teaching music in this way and teaching singing in a kind of academic university way, you know, the same way that, that doctors get, get taught to do their craft, you know, it's, it's kind of bizarre because I don't think it really, it really lines up with um, fostering young artists because then we come out and we have a whole lot of young singers who have beautiful voices. That's the thing is that everyone, once you get to a certain level, sings really well. Everyone sings really beautifully. Everyone has a really good understanding of their technique. They, you know, a lot of people know the languages. They, they know the, the source material. But then the things that, that really start setting people apart is the ability to to allow yourself to let go a little bit and allow yourself to become that that conduit that's experiencing the narrative. Allow yourself to just be the person who did all the work 
But all of a sudden, when you've got your bags packed at the door, you can kind of let it all go and just kind of allow yourself to make those decisions almost not even cognizantly. I find that, and, and it happens more when I, when I play shows, perform my, my, my own singer-songwriter kind of stuff. When, when I get off stage and I really allowed myself to just tell the story of the songs that I wrote, I've completely forgotten that it happened. It's like I don't even remember it happening because I just allowed myself to communicate in a way that, coming back to one of the first questions you asked me, that I, I've always kind of known that I was able to do. And I think that in terms of educating young artists, we just we need to support people in a way and tell them that they actually do have the knowledge and the inherent intuition of how to do this because it's not – it's not like learning math. It's not like rocket science. It's just kind of learning how to be a human being. And singing is a little bit different because there are some things that um, that, that can be lined up better or uh, slightly better or worse. But in the end, that's also adhering to a Eurocentric idea of what a sound is. You know, like there's been communication through vocalism and music and singing since humanity was born. And and those people weren't thinking of a low larynx and a high palate and, and good support. Those people were just communicating. So in the, in the end, I think if, and I always tell myself this, if I ever am lucky enough to be someone who's um, help, helping to direct the next generation of young artists, that I really just want to support people and let them know that you have what, what is needed inherently within you because you're a human being. In the university kind of aspect, it's it's just hard to remember that I think. But everyone kind, of, I think everyone really knows what they're doing. And I think that for people who do feel like their program is maybe lacking in terms of acting guidance, there's is a lot that you can learn from just taking the books of really great acting teachers like Uta Hagen and working through them. And then also looking mm -hmm. for acting opportunities outside of the university, being part of um, an improv group or working with a great acting coach. And then also on your own, really taking time to sit with yourself and know yourself and journal, write down, today I was very depressed and this is how it manifested in me because this journal of experiences you have in your life is really what you're going to draw from to mm -hmm. reinforce your instincts to make you feel more confident um, and I really like what you said about you leave everything at the door at, at a certain point so you've done the work you know all of your intentions through the show but then you get on stage with your your co-performer and you're not thinking I poke you or whatever your verb is mm, you're mm. more just living in the bigger picture of what your character wants and who they are because you've done all that back work so you do really get mm. to leave it at the door now and just ride this journey that you're in and that brings a certain confidence and freedom in your body because you've spent so much time thinking about the world your character lives in and their parents and what happened to them as a child what they love what they hate that it's a part of you. You've, you've lived with this character for maybe months creating it. And now as you play it out on stage, it does, as you say, feel like it passes in the blink of an eye because it's not technical words on paper anymore. It's a real person living and breathing. For sure. And what you said as well about um, just, you know, the journaling and the, um, the, just the awareness, I think it goes completely back to what we were, what you were talking about, about, um, just like being aware of yourself and and really 
taking in consideration uh, all of your own neuroses and things because, like you said, it, it gives you that broad palette to draw from as a performer, as an actor, because you know that you felt this and this is similar to this. And it just gives you, like, just as like a painter, it gives you a, a wide variety of colors to draw from. You know, I think in the end, what really does matter is that you sing the way that you want to sing because people, and you, and you act the way that you want to act and you perform and you communicate the, you want, the way you want to communicate because people can tell the difference between someone who's trying to get, um, who, who are trying to be validated externally and between the people who are just performing because they love the art and they, and they have confidence in themselves and they are, their hands are off the wheel uh, in, in that moment, you know, and I think we can all, we can all kind of think back on, on, on artists and different people who, who we've, viewed and and seen do that because it's life-changing it's unreal to just see someone totally open and vulnerable and trusting and singing the way they want to sing you know even if it's not something that we completely agree with choice wise it's still always better to watch someone who who has chosen what they want to do and has committed to that choice and allowed us to share in it i think that's that's like the most beautiful thing about what we do i feel like yeah, at the end of the day, every performer of every genre wants to feel good. They don't want to feel like they're in pain making their art. But once you've achieved that, you know, you have a technique that feels good, it feels comfortable, then if you take nothing else away from this podcast episode, it's permission to be a confident pooper. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, River, for being a guest on the podcast. It was such a, a great hour to talk to you, and I'm sure there's tons of great uh, advice in there for singers of all genres. Thank you so much. This is yeah, this has been one of the nicest hours I've had in a few weeks. So thank you so much, Jordan. I won't leave anymore. I will stand up and fight for my family. I will give what I take in the end. I will give and give it away Cause it's a